This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast by two best friends dissecting slasher movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson, and this is my co-host, B Bass. Hello. I remember what name to call you this time. Woo! Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Proud of you. Star for the day. Woo! Um, so, for those of you who are just tuning in, if this is your first episode, we uh, uh, bi-weekly take one slasher movie and kind of just go through that one slasher movie and then at the end of the episode we rank it in a list this will be our fourth movie and you can definitely go back and listen to our other episodes they are available on itunes or if you are a uh, droid user you can find it on Castbox for now which is an app that you can download it's available through there and we are working on getting it on google play stitcher spotify and all those uh, other convenient places that you can find podcasts. Um, before we kick off, if you want to, uh, you can definitely go to keepscreaming.com. That is where we have all the episodes. You can actually find them on there to listen to as well. Uh, there's a shop with some uh, posters that B does, which are on temporary hiatus because she um, dipped her computer in water. Don't do, don't do that. Uh, yeah, uh, we have the list on there. We have some cast stuff on there. And then of course you can find us online, uh, at screaming cast on Twitter. Um, and then the keep screaming, uh, uh, website. And then you can find us individually online. I'm at Ryan Larson on Twitter and she's what's yours at B not B. And that is at B E E not B E A. Yeah. That's, that's us. Um, so yeah, go. Subscribe, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff helps us out. We love hearing from you guys. We've heard pretty consistently, actually, from listeners, which has been really cool. Yeah, it's really fun. We love it. We love talking about, I mean, we definitely love talking about horror movies with each other, but we also want to talk to you about them and see what you think about our list or what we thought about movies. Also, like, new perspectives are always a good thing. Sometimes someone will point something out and I'm like, oh, I never really thought of a movie that way before. So it's always good. Uh, we kick off every episode with kind of like a general check-in, pop culture check-in of what we've been watching, reading, listening to, anything from the week that we want to talk about. So I know B has done, as always, a lot more than me. Uh, <laughs> what did you watch? Yeah, it's actually a lighter week for me, too, because as Ryan mentioned, uh, literally like the day our last episode aired, so two weeks ago, I uh, had my backpack and my water bottle spilled in my backpack, and literally dipped half of my macbook pro in water and oh man it was like it it was real painful and like luckily my hard drive seems to be okay it's getting like recovered right now but i don't have a vessel (laughs) i have no laptop and i've been working on it i haven't like working off this super old like 10 year old desktop that can basically barely run uh google like searching on the internet and nothing else. So unfortunately, like the posters, that's been like really rough. And I'm a graphic designer, so I need my computer all the time. So 
it's been a rough couple weeks trying to figure that out, but I did get to watch some movies. Surprisingly, you'd think more without my laptop in front of me. I also, like, left my phone. I was out without my phone for a week. I've had, like, a technology crisis, guys. So I did watch a few things. I'm trying to catch up um, with the 2017 titles, which seems to be me every year. I'm really bad at keeping up. I, like, watch old stuff, or I'm a habitual rewatcher. Yep. And I try and break myself of that. Like, guess what I watched this week, guys? I watched Scream 1, 2, and 3 again. If you listen to our first episode, I'll talk about how the fact that I watched Scream. Um, but I, I did think, watch I think Scream. That's natural for horror movie fans. Because we're, as, as like a as like a, as a general uh, populace of like fans, more than any other fan base, I'd say, except maybe like Star Wars, um, we have like our... Like every year, oh, Halloween's coming around, so of course we gotta watch the Halloweens. Oh, Friday yeah. the thirteenth is happening, so we gotta rewatch all the Friday the thirteenth. Oh, Christmas is happening, so you know, Gremlins, Black Christmas, Black yeah. Xmas, whatever. And I like, think that's pretty like normal for yeah. horror movie fans. And they just find things like, Oh, it's twenty five year anniversary of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three, so we're yeah, gonna we gotta watch it. all ten of them. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the thing. And we've even noticed like we got a recommendation for one of our next films to talk about, and I was like that's great. We love that you guys want to hear us talk about stuff. Unfortunately, we've, well, it's not unfortunate, but we're like in holiday season. So we're watching all these themed movies right now. We're planned out until like February. February. We're like good we're to go. Into February, yeah, yeah, we're into February already. So we're like, damn. But it's true. So, and of course I did. I just watched Black Christmas again, um, which Black still. Black Christmas or Black Xmas? So I watched Black Christmas, which I haven't watched in a few years because normally I watch Black's. Black Xmas, um, but it's been a few years, and I was like, you know, I need to watch Black Christmas. Ugh, ugh, it's so good. Oh yeah, I love them both. I love them both. They're so different. And I was actually oh, talking yeah. to somebody, uh, Kieran, on Twitter. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, not a fan of it, and I was like, I get that. If of the you're original? of the original, mm-hmm. and I was like, I totally understand that. And I was like rethinking because it's hard when you watch the remake so many times, and I w- was having a hard time remembering like what they took and what they didn't take. And then you watch Black Christmas, and it's so it's so definitive why that was one of our first slashers, because there's so much that happens between each kill, and it's not about the kills. It's so much different than our 80s slashers, like the tropes that we got. And it's well, so a much lot more much like more like Halloween. Halloween. Yep. Yeah. And Halloween is like pushes for one of my all-time favorites. And so I feel like if that's not really your style of slasher, which I get... Black Christmas isn't as much for you because it is, it's kind of like our original slow burn. Like mm-hmm. it's really like. I think it predates Halloween. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it like does. A year. Uh, a couple years. Yeah. 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 So it's early 70s, like 72, 73, something like that. For all of you who don't know, by the way, a really fun double feature is Black Christmas and then A Christmas Story, the perennial yeah. Christmas classic. Because they're, they're directed, directed by, by the, the same, same guy. guy. Yeah. And they're vastly different movies, yeah. obviously. Like, one is, like, the most family-friendly, you know, replayed Christmas movie of all time, and one is, like, a proto-slasher. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's uh, but I love good. Black Christmas, too. I tried to buy it. Couldn't find it. Um, I went to, dimp- like, two temples, and I was trying to buy it because I really want to rewatch it. I'm actually writing on it for Ghastly Grinning and uh, couldn't find it so I'm going to have to print it off Amazon. I don't know why I don't own it already. I love that movie. I know. I love it too. It's so good. So yeah, I watched that and then I watched Better Watch Out which is 
Oh, it was so good. So that is, for those of you who don't know, um, came out this year. Um, it is like a twist on the home invasion um, genre. It is... I like they kind of call it, it's like Home Alone meets your next. But it's like, like... But there's like this twist that really funny throws things. Funny games and... Yeah, like funny games. Yeah. Like throws it on its head. Yeah, Chris Peckover did it. Um friend of mine on twitter what's up uh, but yeah it was fantastic fantastic oh yeah. it was so good i, I was I like love, i love being able to see it's like when krampus came out last year i know you just you just watched yeah. it or two years now it was two, two years, years yeah uh when krampus came out two years ago i love watching a movie and knowing same thing when i watched trick or treat like immediately knowing like oh this is gonna go in my my like cue like yes yeah. my like your my rewatch yeah. yeah yeah my like i know next year when christmas rolls around better watch out oh so for sure and it's like it's cool because i like adding christmas movies and and silent night deadly nights movie we're covering today which b and i had both also never seen and like i got excited because one it's a horror movie i haven't seen like slasher but also like i love being able to add christmas movies i have so many halloween movies because mm-hmm. there's so many movies that are halloween like all of the halloween movies but mm-hmm. then you have like trick-or-treat you have hocus pocus you have like all these movie monster house like movies that like represent represent halloween, halloween. and christmas is definitely like the second most represented for horror mm-hmm. but still for me it's not like i still only have like five that i really like go back like gremlins is a must um like five or five christmas horror movies not just christmas but like gremlins I watch Santa Slay starring Bill Goldberg every year because that movie's ridiculous. Wait, that's the one with the wrestler, right? Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, the movie's great. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that wrestler is, but I just know he's a wrestler because of his size. Yeah. yeah. And I think I when I re- I think when I rented it, like at the video store, like that was like the tagline. Yeah. Was like WWE oh, or something. WWE yeah. Goldberg. And I was yeah. like, I don't know who the hell that is, but all right. And yeah. then I was like, this movie rules. Yeah. Santa Slay is definitely on there. Krampus now. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And then like uh, I'm a big fan of obviously as we said black xmas black mm-hmm. christmas and then um i'm a big fan of the silent night remake too yes the, the one just called silent yes with jamie bell mm-hmm. yeah um but better watch out definitely i agree with you like it's definitely on my list of of rewatch because it's so smartly written mm-hmm. and it's mean. so well it's so mean yeah. and it's so well acted mm-hmm. and it's really i don't I know it's not just because I'm getting older that characters actually look younger in movies, but it seems like there's a growing trend. Like, when Ryan and I were teens, we were watching shows like Dawson's Creek and The O.C. and um, One Tree Hill where these people were supposed to be our age or close to our age, and they were 15 years older. They were in their 30s playing 17-year-olds. And so it's so nice. Like, that's... To watch a movie where you're like, oh, these people are probably like the kid for sure, and better watch out is young. Oh yeah, no, I look um, But I even the babysitter, it, yeah. she looks so young. She looks like she's eighteen. Like yeah, she's ready to go off. To yeah, college. she like, looks yeah, really young. And I'm like, oh wow, school. this is actually like not a freaking twenty eight year old trying to play somebody who's seventeen, eighteen. That's just like a random thing that I was like a plus for this already. Like yeah. good casting, and that seems to be a growing trend, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. But also, I was like. I got we got this and we got the babysitter this year. I mean, I know that movie was made a couple years ago, but I'm like, just keep making horror movies about babysitters. Like we got this whole babysitter theme and Stranger Things. Like sign me up. Oh, I am yeah. all about this trend right now. Yeah, we should go back and watch House of the Devil. Yeah, it's a great babysitter movie. It's great. So yeah, seen it, all about the babysitters. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one. Um, so that's like part of my that was Christmas. I have been watching Christmas movies too. Um, here and there. 
Um, really, the only other stuff I watched besides like Black Christmas and Better Watch Out, I'm trying to catch up on 2017 titles again. So I finally caught Gerald's Game. Um, wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah, Mike Flanagan, man. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. So I, what I mainly wanted to talk about this is like it's such a true example of being scared, like the situation that you watch something, how important that is to your experience with the film, which we've talked about in all the movies we've reviewed so far is that, hey, urban legend, you can watch it alone and still have fun. Most likely to die. You can still watch it. Probably more fun in a group. Uh, Blood Rage. Please watch with people. Yeah, like that's gonna that's gonna saying. affect your experience with it. And I know other people talk about like oh see it in the theaters because that's part of the experience yeah. or whatever. With Gerald's Game, I literally watched it at pitch black in bed with my snoring husband next to me. And I takes a lot to scare me. Takes a lot to like give me like the creepy heebie-jeebies. And I had to turn it off. It was the first time that's happened to me, and I can't recall. But I was in the perfect situation to watch the film. I was in literally the same situation. Not the same situation. I take that back. Not literally. Yeah. (laughs) No, I was cozy in my bed with my dog next to me. But I was in bed. The star of this horror movie was in bed and like it just helped build like the eeriness and I kept like kind of looking at the corner of my bed and like expecting like a hand to pop up and I was like oh I I gotta turn this off like it was was making it hard for me to sleep which is hard to do and I was thinking about it I'm like if I just watch this like in the morning on my laptop or in the living room like it wouldn't have had the same effect like at all and I mean, I loved it, not just because it genuinely creeped me out. It was beautiful on so many, so many aspects. Well, super well acted. Yeah. Really um, beautifully, yeah, beautifully filmed. Uh, so good. Definitely. So far, I mean, I'm really behind on titles, but I definitely foresee that being in my top 10 for sure. Um, yeah. And it, I think it, like, I think it tells an important story too. Oh. And I think it's very. Uh, important now yeah because it's very empowering for women Mm -hmm. and um like uh, it's it was cool it's such a weird like i mean that movie was deemed unfilmable for decades and then michael anagain came in and was like no you just do it like this and it's like oh how did no one ever think of that i actually listened to have you read the book i haven't it's one of the few Stephen king books i haven't read um i want to and I listened, who was it? Someone on the Shockwaves podcast, I think, if you don't listen, um, Shockwaves podcast is another horror movie podcast. Um, but they have, like, guests on every week. And someone on there, I think, was talking about how they were trying to film Gerald's Game. And they were like, they wrote a script and she was naked the whole movie because in the book she's naked. And the, the producers were just like, we can't do this, she's naked the whole time. And they're like, well, we can't make the movie. And then they watch it and they're like, Oh, a nighty. Oh, Why man. Why didn't we think Ooh, of that? Pajamas, yeah. lingerie. But, like, just one of the many reasons for a long time it was deemed unfilmable because, like, it does take place in a single room with mm-hmm. a single person, really, and just her head. Yeah. Like, I know the whole book is almost written as, like, thoughts. Yeah. Um, so I, props to Mike Flanagan for creating such a, like, like really just well done, very intriguing and I agree with you, very creepy movie. Yeah. Um, there is something really creepy about that, though, about just being alone in a room, like, and not being able to go anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it was very well done. I agree. That's, I think it will probably make my top 10 for you. Yeah. Know. It was one of, one of, wonderful. Uh, 
many Stephen King projects that yeah. was awesome this year. Yeah. And then uh, Annabelle Creation I finally checked out. Um, I was, I feel like one of the only people who liked Annabelle. Uh, yeah. yeah, like I. <laughs> so <laughs> you are. So I think maybe my enthusiasm for Annabelle creation is not as big because I'm like, what are you talking about? Like it liked the first one. Uh, I I really liked it. I did have some a f- minor issues with it. The gags were spectacular. Yeah. So good. Which I think um, it, uh, everyone pointed yeah. to was like that's that's what, that what was it was fun. Yeah, it was it was, fun, it was fun. Like it wasn't a thinker. Like, no, it wasn't a slow burn. No, I, I definitely like. You know, we're like kind of talking about this before you start. I'm not gonna remember anyone's name from that no. movie, but like I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, so it was really enjoyable. I did really like it. Um, I think it missed it, like you and I were texting when you watched it. It did yeah. miss the mark. Like the scarecrow gag, I think could have been so much better because that scarecrow was so creepy alone. They stopped like they stopped in a few times where I'm like, you could have went farther with that. And the biggest part was the scarecrow because yeah. when they see him and he's standing there, and I was like, oh. And then he's gone. I'm like, oh, God. All right. This is the movie. This is where the movie's going to sell me. Because I was feeling it was a little slow for me. Um, And I think it's just I'm not a big parent. I'm a big fan of the Conjuring world. I do like them. But they're pretty much my exception for the supernatural right now. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm paranormaled out. You guys can't tell we want to bring slashers back? Yeah. So um, the... The scarecrow, that aspect of it, like separating ourselves from like the demon side of it, I was all for it, and they just didn't take that far enough for me. Still very good. Yeah. Um, really well done. Loved the end tie-in, which I think is what people like. Yeah. You know, it was great. Um, sort of explained sort of that weird storyline in in the first Annabelle. Um, really good. I mean, I don't think it's one of my favorites of the year, but it's definitely something I'll rewatch for sure. Yeah. And in the has a great place in the conjuring world which are all fantastic films yeah that whole universe yeah is really shaping up pretty nice yeah otherwise i watched i just caught up on tv rough week with my technology so i like started happy endings which is one of my favorites it's on hulu and i'm like done already like benched through the three seasons in like a week and a half i riverdale freaking out about which fun fact the fall finale winter finale, whatever you want to call it, of Riverdale was named Silent Night, Deadly Night this week. That, yeah. I think Thomas um, were named after horror movies. They, yeah, I just thought it was really appropriate yeah. that that's the movie we're covering and that was the last episode. Um, love that show. Oh, yeah. So much. Everything I like in all of my taste, anything, they're like, these are things B likes. They had a checklist and they checked them off and they made a show and it's called Riverdale and I can't express my obsession I feel like a little girl again, like little teenage girl who just can't handle her her fandom for that show. It's so good on so many levels. Yeah, I really enjoy that show. As a fan of teen soapy dramas and as a fan of horror, it's like so yeah. perfect. This season definitely got darker than the original, than the first season. First season, yeah. Because yeah. the first season started really dark and then like to me it kind of got campy. Mm-hmm. Like, or no, no, soap opery. Mm-hmm. Like very soap opera and then it kind of lost its darkness and then this one, like... It's like, nope, real dark, real, real dark, dark yeah. real, is, real quick. Which is what I like. Yeah. yeah. And I like both. I like the soap and I like the dark. Me too, yeah. But I, I appreciate when it's both. Yeah. Um, and then Glitch is the last thing I want to talk about. Um, it's an Australian TV show with the theme of, like, 
people returning from the dead, which I know like The Returned was like a U.S. version of it. I don't really – I never watched that. I don't know what happened with it. I think it got canceled pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, Glitch is the Australian version. I think the third season is airing in Australia right now. But the second season, there's six episodes, which is really painful because it's literally only six hours. And you get them once a year on Netflix. Uh, it's so short. You – just when you're like falling in love with the storyline, what's happening, it's over. Um, I think it helps keep it excellent. I think it's one of the best TV shows on right now. I highly. Or they're just from the dead. Uh, are they revenants. No. They so are? what? Basically, what it is, it's uh, the storyline in the first season starts off with uh, these people literally coming. This cop getting a call and saying, "There's people in like the graveyard." And he goes and realizes that there's, like, naked people wandering around the graveyard. Like, a couple, not a lot. And he's like, what's happening? They have no memories. Like, they don't know what's happening. And then eventually we find out that these are people who were buried and are dead. And there's a select few of them who have come back. And it's this cop trying to figure out why. And one of those people who have come back is his deceased wife who died of cancer. And... All of these people have come back are from, like, different time periods. So there's, like, flashbacks about what their life and trying to puzzle, like, why they're here, who they are, because they don't remember. But they're not zombies. But they're not zombies. No, they've literally just... I mean, sure, they're the dead returned, but they're perfectly healthy humans. Right. um, Who just mysteriously... And then the second season, you get a lot more information about how that is. So well acted, such a great story, and just a really interesting because you do get sort of this ensemble cast and like different time periods and does so much with, as far as I've seen, 12 hours of material. So that's what I did. This was my little... Your little binge. My binge. Um, let's see. I watched Raw. I, I was trying to catch up on... I. I actually was able to keep up pretty well this year so i watched raw um which is really good i don't think i'll go back to rewatch it though because it's really gross and um like hard pass i like uh b and i are both uh again we talked about it right before we started the podcast um huge fans of like massive amounts of gore like i mm-hmm. love gore like give me give me yeah i was gonna yeah. say the yeah. remake of evil dead amount of gore or like that scene in the original nightmare where johnny depp gets sucked in the yep. bed like yep. that, those are my favorites but like Anything that's, like, too grounded, too real, too visceral, like, Mm-mm. that literally turns my stomach is hard. Um, so I don't think I'll go back, but really good, very well acted, um, excellent soundtrack. It's on Netflix if you guys want to check it out. Uh, I definitely think it's worth at least one viewing if your stomach can handle it. Um, I also watched uh, Evil Speak, which is an old, like, 80s horror movie uh, about was starring Clint Howard, Ron Howard's dubiously ugly brother um rude uh, he's really ugly though he's like notoriously ugly and um it's about a computer he finds that is possessed and he like starts making sacrifices to it for it to do things it's bad i i mean like i know that like it has its fan following i can't watch movies where dogs die anymore guys and they kill a dog in that movie and i was over it and also the dad like jackie's dad from that 70s show is the villain in it and i couldn't take it seriously at all so I just couldn't do it. Uh, that was another one I watched. Um, just been watching some. I, I watched Krampus. Got around to Krampus. Um, so I watched that. Watched Home Alone, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. So that's pretty much all I watched. I think I don't know. 
You watched Disaster Artist. Oh, I did. Yes, thank you. I did. You're welcome. To, uh, yeah, I went to the theater to see Disaster Artist. Fantastic. So good. Uh, James Franco and Dave Franco both are just really interesting people. Um, I don't... I actually think I universally like Dave Franco more as an actor. Like, I see him in more things that I like. Well, because he picks more conventional roles. Yeah. James Franco is weird. He's a weird person, um, um, which is why he was perfect to play James Tommy Franco Wiseau. is the perfect person because he's in the Veronica Mars movie, and that just solidifies... Oh, I, oh, I don't. So he's... Anything, any person who's ever been involved with Veronica Mars just, like, gets my stamp of approval for life. So they, I was always, always a fan of James Franco. I, but I'm a fan. He's just a very interesting, like, that dude never stops he's working. He's 24-7. Yeah, he's always working. He's he's a madman. Um, Really just, this movie is strangely heartwarming um, and very emotional. And I think it, you don't have to... I disagree with what I've been seeing. Like, you don't have to see The Room to see this movie. I've seen some people like, oh, you need to watch The Room. I'm like, no, because I haven't seen it. I've seen a ton of clips from The Room. I uh, uh, excuse me? Room. What? Have you not seen The Room? I haven't seen The Room, yeah. I've I, Okay, I have a ton of friends who are always like, we got to watch The Room. I'm like, cool, let's watch it. I'm like, well, not right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm not watching it alone. I guess you lived in L.A. when that phase was happening where every time we'd, like, go to Callum's house, oh. him and Ron and yes. would just have it. And I've probably seen The Room, like, 20 times because of them. Yeah, so I've seen, like, clips from The Room. Like, literally well, every every scene that they play out in The Disaster Artist, I've seen. Yeah. Because those are the famous clips. Um, so, oh. But it's just, it was so good. Amazing cast. Uh, Allison Brie is in it. Seth Rogen, uh, Paul Shear, uh, just really, uh, what's their, uh, what's their, uh, Grainer, Avi Grainer, um. Well, and probably, yeah, probably what helps, too, is whenever I see, I mean, I'm a big fan of, like, Rogen and company and the films that they put out, and I think part of what makes them so good and so endearing is that they're all friends. Yes, so it's very natural. And so it's very natural to them to work together, um, and understand each other's it's so much easier to work with people creatively when they know you and they understand your strengths and your weaknesses so when you're working with a group of people i know people will like criticize like oh my god of course like seth rogan and james franco are in a movie together again they're always in each other's movies it's like why are you complaining if they keep making good movies together yeah (laughs) there's a reason they're doing that don't mind it at all um and someone asked me uh, afterwards, like, oh, is it worthy of all the praise? And I was like, yeah, it is. I, 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 I think it actually deserves, like, the the recognition and, like, the, you know, it's rumored for Oscars. And I think it's, and, like, Golden Globes, obvi- obviously, like, I think it was nominated for. Fuck the Golden Globes and boycotting the Golden Globes, just so everyone knows. So, whatever. So, but I don't care, but. Uh, I now boycott all, all award shows, but. Uh, well, the Golden Globes didn't nominate Jordan Peele or Greta Gerwig or um, Patty Jenkins or any directors of color or different than that aren't white dudes. So I can't. I just can't. Not in a year like this where we had like Lady Bird and Wonder Woman and Get Out and then like all these movies. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, but the Screen Actors Guild nominated all those people. So. And K-Bell's hosting, so. Oh, she is? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, she picked the right one to host. Um, <laughs> That's so my go girl. Tag, fuck the Golden Globes. Um, but yeah, Disaster Artist was great. Definitely worth checking out. And please note, I managed to bring up something Kristen Bell related twice so far. Yes, so far. <laughs> uh, 
Um, cool. So we're going to dive into our movie, which is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, B has our little fa- uh, handy fact sheet here, which she did not put the year that this movie was. 84. Made. Oh, there we go. I think that's right. Uh, 84. Yeah, yeah it was so, like Nightmare on Elm Street, same year. Yes. That's the only the reason I remember. Year. Yeah, so it came out uh, November 9th, 1984, uh, and it was pulled almost immediately. Yeah, so there's a ton. The synopsis is that after his parents are murdered, a tormented teenager goes on a murderous rampage dressed as Santa due to his stay at an orphanage where he was abused by Mother Superior. It's kind of like the brief synopsis. So we've got a killer Santa, Mm -hmm. and this goes into theaters in November, um, and there for two weeks, uh, pulls $2.5 million, and has insane outrage. Oh, yeah. Like... People writing letters to their, like, local papers um, saying that they're ruining Christmas. Gene Siskel uh, read on air every uh, producer from the movie because he, like, thought everyone should know who they should be outraged Yeah. Like, he literally had a paper and read all the producers' names. Like, that's how pissed people were about this movie. Because they're representing this, like figure of cheer and for children especially because and he's killing people uh so got pulled and that pull actually helped nightmare on elm street which was premiered in the box office like the first week premiered like five spots underneath when you think about that night now like nightmare on elm street underperformed to silent night deadly night and then blew up once it was pulled because one people were talking about horror in general yeah uh which really helped and two people wanted to see a horror movie could no longer see silent night deadly night so pulled 2.5 before it got pulled versus a hundred fifty thousand dollar budget not great uh definitely has grown to be well loved and regarded yeah very Um, very much like um has that cult classic status um scream factory if you guys follow them at all they're a fantastic um like subsidiary of shout factory um who do a lot of like 4k and blu-ray restorations did a beautiful uh gorgeous that's how we watched watched. yeah Yeah. and it's really cool because the at the beginning of the film it actually says like there were certain parts of the movie they couldn't convert to 4k because they didn't have the negative for it which is how they do 4k conversion so there are because uh, we watched the uncut version, mm-hmm. so there are parts that uh, from the uncut version that didn't get that 4K restoration, and it will switch back to that like old, um, like you know, shot on film quality, and it's it's really telling. Like sometimes you forget when you're watching something, you're like, "Is this really that much of a better quality?" Oh, and, and then, then it switches, switches back, like... and you're like, "Holy crap! Yeah, it's it's so much better. Oh my god!" We're spoiled by like Blu-ray and even like streaming, like yeah, the quality no, I mean, we most, get from streaming. Most streaming HD, yeah, or 4K now. Um, so yeah. it's it's great for a couple reasons. Like I highly recommend watching this version. Mm. Like try and only watch. Um, Screen Factory's version is beautiful, but it's great to watch the uncut version. One, because then you appreciate how, what an amazing job they did on the restoration. But also all the parts that were cut were the parts that were excessively gory. Yep. So basically all of the kills. Like, like, it's like, you still see every kill, but the parts that were cut were like, 
the gore of the that, kills. The, that yeah. Actual, yeah. Yeah. The, the quote unquote money shot. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you can see that's the other part because it does switch in quality. You can dip and you're like, oh, this is what they took out. Like you instantly know what they took out. Because sometimes you watch things and you're like, oh, there's only five minutes of extra footage. What did we actually see yeah, that I wasn't think in the original? It has like 14 minutes yeah. of extra footage. It's I don't even think that much. Yeah. It's like pretty small because you see it, but it's literally like the money shots of the kills and it's so good. Like, it makes the kill so much better to see those shots. This also, I will say, like, going forward, I never... I, I will, I'll say, like, I didn't really understand how much work went into a 4K restoration of something. And I will... I'm very appreciative of Scream yeah. Factory's time. Or, or any company that's doing any company, that. Uh, yeah. Vinegar Syndrome and, and um, all those Synapse, all those companies that are doing it. Because it's, it's incredible. Um, so, shout out to Scream Factory for sure. Yeah. It's great, um, super affordable. It's like twenty bucks. Oh, pick yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. Like it's or if so you want great. To really shell out eighty bucks for the Ultra Collector's Edition that has an action figure. Of, Do it of uh, Ricky. Um, yeah. So the poster. The where is the so the yeah. The poster right. is like an illustration, of course, of a chimney with like a Santa arm and an axe coming out of it. Love the poster. Hate the font for the title. Oh, yeah. So the typography design is atrocious. It looks like it was just, like, slapped on there with no afterthought. Posts are super cool Mm -hmm. because it gives you, like, no, that scene never happens. He's never in a chimney. But it is great because it gives you that relation, like, this is Santa, and that Santa's coming down your chimney, but he's got a fucking axe in his hand. So it already builds you that, like, dread of, like, something's wrong with this Santa. Yeah. And that's so great. And the taglines I really like. There's two on the poster, and one of them's, you've made it through Halloween, now try and survive Christmas. So great. Love it. Um, and then... <laughs> I, I love any time, honestly, where you see, and it, it doesn't happen very much anymore, um, but, like, especially older movies, like, capitalize, like, they know Halloween is Halloween. They're marketing. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, okay, you made it through Halloween, like, they're using that yeah. name, that name. Like, um, you made it through the season, you also made it through Michael Myers' Halloween. because yeah, they capitalize Halloween. Yeah. Like, they know what they're doing. Like, yeah. they know what they're implying here. And that used to happen, I feel like, a lot more. Like, there used to be posters all the time, and be like, you've met Freddy, you've seen Jason, now be whatever. Yeah, that was know? the big 90s trend. Yeah, yeah. so I, I do miss that kind of, because you don't see that anymore. Yeah, it's fun. And then the other one is great, especially once you've seen the movie, because it says, he knows when you've been naughty. Yeah. Uh, so good. Uh, a reoccurring thing, and that word "naughty" comes up quite frequently. In the naughty movie. and punish. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, spawned four sequels and a kind of remake. Yeah, a loose, loose remake. remake. Very, like very loose. Which prior to this, Ryan and I had only seen the, the remake. remake. Yeah. The second, so the sequel is really interesting. Uh, Silent Night Deadly Night Two because it's mostly. Just uses footage from the first movie that wasn't used. Same writer. Yeah, and then it's, like, some new footage. And it's also very famous, if you're a horror fan, there's, like, a meme online of, like, Garbage Day. Like, there's an old grandpa who's like, it's Garbage Day! And that's from Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Um, I'll be honest, I have very little to no interest in seeing any of the other sequels. They look really terrible. Like, and not, like, so bad it's good terrible. Like, straight to VHS... Maybe play it on, like, USA Late Night in the 90s Terrible. I mean, one of them is literally called, like, The Initiation. So I can, it, uh, it just, I have Grimace no, face, grimace, No grimace. interest. Uh, I did really enjoy the remake with Jamie Bell, though. But mm-hmm. it, especially now after seeing this, it's, 
It's very so different, movie. different. Very different movie. Yeah. So I wasn't like expecting. The, I feel like a flamethrower is used a lot in that movie. In like, the I remake, the, yeah, I yeah. remember a flamethrower like a lot. Like it was. Well, that's like the like cover, yeah. pretty much, is like him in fire, like yeah, in the Santa. So and he wears like, a mask in the remake, which is a creepy mask. It's I so like good, it, but um, yeah, it's such a different movie. It's yeah. I would say it's only similar, really, in like the theme of the evil Santa. Evil almost. Santa. Yeah, yeah it's it, other than that, yeah. it doesn't hold a lot of the same. But I, I think it's uh, it's enjoyable. Nonetheless. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I would have caught it. I own it. Um, I wish I would have caught it before we had this episode, but I think I will probably watch it this week, um, especially now, like to compare the two because it has been a couple of years since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, pretty good. We got a little slasher franchise here. I mean, four sequels and a remake—that's pretty solid. Whether they be cheesy yeah. knockoffs or not, like yeah, that, don't have a na- have a lot to do with the original. Um, the score. Uh, isn't really much they may mostly take advantage of using like original music Mm -hmm. and like that really grating like piano um and like children singing christmas songs yeah try and build creep i maybe would have been more creepy at the time you know now when you watch these christmas themed slasher or horror movies in general like that's like the go-to um yeah, Pe- perry bockins does the score but most of the movie like we were saying is more is singing from morgan ames yeah um, so they do like original songs yeah um, um which and, are good i mean they're they're not they're creepy for sure and like have that sort of like i said high-pitched piano which is helps build that like oh what is this what's it happening was, it, the score is like that very much discordant kind of like I feel like it's one of those, and I think you made this comment when we watched it, it's like someone just threw something at a piano, mm-hmm. and, like, the noise it made is, like, because it, it's, like, and, like, yeah. it, it does that, so, like. But it's, I, there's no build to yeah, it. It's no, just, no. like, oh, something happened, now let's throw this piano noise at it, yeah. and then that's going to be our score. Definitely the actual, like, to me, the more of the stuff that resonates more is the Christmas the, music. Yeah, the yeah. music itself. Um, it made two point five million, as we said, in the box office against a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar budget. Um, I think it would have been wildly successful if it stayed. If in it theaters. stayed, for yeah. sure. Um, the I think if it hadn't been pulled, the definitely the like fervor behind getting it, trying to get it pulled, would have drove people to see it even more than already. Which yeah. I mean, it's a it's a very good movie yeah no i I think it's very very i think as far as slashers go like definitely it would have brought in the horror fans of of the time especially when we're like talking about like this is slasher peak like well this is the beginning beginning this is slasher peak like we had black christmas we had halloween nightmare if like this had happened yeah like it's kind of crazy to think about um we had two competing but the, um, horror the, franchises, the, essentially. Movie watching masses were definitely ready for this like slasher um, kind of renaissance. So uh, it would have been interesting to see. And I, 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 I can almost guarantee now it's profitable because of how popular it's been um, on like the home uh, video market. Uh, just like the Blu-ray, it's been you know released on Blu-ray several several times now. Um, you know, Death Waltz put out the vinyl uh, of the soundtrack with Morgan Ames and um, Perry Atkins' uh, soundtrack on there. So um, I definitely think it would be 
now, if you were to look at the numbers, it would be successful for sure. Um, oh, my computer froze. There we go. Stop clicking. Sorry, I just want to make sure I got that guy's name right. What if he listens to the show? Ryan's been Harry ba- Bawkins, not Ryan's been banned from using his keyboard yeah, when I, we record because yeah. he's such a loud clicker and it drives me crazy. I'm like, nobody wants to hear that. That sounds terrible. Knock it off. Click, 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 click. Uh, oh, movies. Love them. Cool, cool, cool. Click, click, click. That's Ryan. Yeah, that's, that's my true. impression. I'm trying to be quiet. Um, so, so, director. Yeah. So, there's kind of two directors. Um, yeah. They're, they're, the... So Charles E. Sellier, which then kind of went on to be Chuck Sellier, um, is the director. He did not, why we say two directors is that he was not comfortable shooting the kills. And so uh, they brought in another director to do that. And that was... uh, The film's editor, actually. Yeah. Yeah, stepped in to do those. So those scenes are all shot by the film's editor. Uh, he, He died in 2001. He is like a workaholic. Speaking of like workaholics, he was the founder of Grizzly Adams Production. He went on to be one of like the top indie movie producers and like indie movie and television producers. Um, Grizzly Adams Productions was his production company. Um, He created the Grizzly Adams TV show, which was huge. Um, He was nominated for an Emmy for the Legend of Sleepy Hollow TV show. Um wrote and produced over 30 films and over 230 television shows he only ended up directing like two more things really then super went into just producing and writing um a lot the end of his career he sort of focused on more religious work and more documentaries so when you think of that it makes a little bit more sense that he was uncomfortable shooting the um kill scenes uh really Everything online about him when I was reading is just about how what an amazing, like, hardworking, nice guy and that the indie film community, like, really lost, like, a legend when he died. And it makes me like this movie even more, just, like, reading about this guy. Like, you can just see that he was so beloved. It's always interesting to me, too, when you have something like this and they never make another horror movie. Yeah. And not only that, it's, like not in their wheelhouse at all yeah like everything else he did was like even grizzly adams is like so family friendly yeah um you know like the legend of sleepy hollow is the tv show games, yeah but like it's definitely more, it's a family show it's a family yeah. show he became largely religious you know at the end of his uh, life and career so it's always like very interesting to me when you have that guy who like especially when it's good like when you have when you go back and like this is really a like you know, spoiler, I, I really, really, truly enjoy this movie. Um, and it's it's interesting. It, it would be like, you know, if... I It's not on that caliber, but it's similar if, like, oh, Wes Craven just never made another horror movie. It's like, oh, he made Nightmare and now he's done. It's like, it's, it's weird to me to look at something. And partially, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the reaction, the public reaction to this movie. Um, like, I'm sure that deterred him from coming back to horror. But it's interesting, too, because, like, you look at, like, Wes Craven, who made Last House on the Left, and, like, man, that movie was reviled by the public, and it drove him to do more horror, whereas this guy went the opposite direction. It's like, I'm going to make Grizzly Adams. Yeah, I think it just kind of depends on the type of person. Like, you're either, like, people are having this outrage for a reason, and I need to be telling more stories like this, 
or people are like people are outraged i need to like obviously do something different mm-hmm. or i think wes is like no these stories need to be told right even if they're like not good i mean i guess you can argue do we really need to see like santa killing people but i think the story behind this is an interesting one mm-hmm. and um Ryan and I jokingly call it Blood Rage 2. Yeah. <laughs> Blood Rage 2, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, sexual frustration. Yeah, which was a popular, obviously, like, especially like, in the 80s, sexual repression was real. <laughs> yeah, especially much. in the media, like, that is not something that uh, was okay to be open about and in this movie where you have this like religious backing where he's our billy is in a orphanage that is run by nuns obviously sex is bad yeah like that is fuels this entire movie which weirdly you would think that uh todd and terry had some kind of relationship with uh, some nuns in blood rage but not that maybe maybe we need a blood rage prequel oh, where he's in the uh, orphanage. Nah, I don't need a blood rage prequel. <laughs> oh come I'm on, cool. I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, only, only if we bring back the original cast. Yeah, it was written by uh, Michael Hickey, who actually wrote the sequel. And that's it. And that's it. That's the only other. It. Yeah. And then he appears in like a documentary about um, Silent Night. Uh, so these are his, which makes sense. Same writer for the sequel, which is mainly using footage from the first one. Yeah. Um, cast is nothing uh, insanely notable, but my favorite thing that I've discovered when I was doing research is that the actor who plays Billy when he's 18 is uh, Robert Brian Wilson. In the beginning of his IMDb, uh, his IMDb uh, introduction, like who he is, his biography, it starts off with handsome and muscular actor. Robert Brian Wilson was born in 1962 in Cerritos, California. Did he write his own IMDb? So that's, I read that and I was like, all right, this is sounding like the bio in Urban Legend where it's like the beautiful and talented actress. So I'm seeing a theme with these like little, little slasher movies that we really, I mean, he is handsome and muscular for sure in this movie. Yeah, no, he actually is good looking. He is very good looking. I find that a lot of, because like obviously fashion and style were very different in the 80s so a lot of the time i'm like that's a goofy looking dude and i was, <laughs> and I was, I was like oh he's a good looking guy yeah, yeah. No, i agree it's um, a great scene where he like comes out into like the toy shop and he's like oh, i can't hire no kid and he walks out and he's like all right when can you start and yeah, it's like I'm really funny sure the toy shop lover was in love or oh, was in love with this guy the toy shop lover, the toy shop lover. <laughs> my new lifetime movie yeah out. next holiday um, looks like he was in like a slew of things in the 80s. Um, nothing huge. A movie called Houston Nights in 87. The TV show called Santa Barbara from 84 to 91. And then after that, nothing. And then in 2016, he was in like two TV movies. One called The Wrong Roommate and the other one called Boyfriend for Christmas. So it looks like Robert has gotten like back into acting as of like last year. Him. And like, uh, again, to bring it back, uh, the Shockwaves podcast had him on the yeah, show last year. year. And I remember he said he just was not interested for yeah. a long time. Which so. is really common for, and the Shockwaves podcast does this a lot. They'll bring, I know, the Monster House, or not Monster House, Monster Squad. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. The kids who were in that were like, yeah, I mean, we're just kind of getting back into it. Like when you're kind of a child star, a right. lot of them are like, no, 
I don't want to do this anymore. And then they decide, sure, I want to do it. So it's kind of cool to see him doing more stuff. I want to check out those TV movies. The Wrong Roommate sounds That sounds like it. It sounds like. the wheelhouse. Yeah, that sounds like something for me. Um, uh, Danny Wagner plays Billy at age eight. Uh, Mother Superior is played by like a veteran actor, Lillian Chauvin. Chauvin. Um, her known for is Predator 2, Universal Soldier, and Catch Me If You Can. That's a good, good little, yeah. uh, filmography. She's right? been in a ton of stuff. So it's definitely like one of those people where you're like, oh, wow, what do I know her from? And, uh, the other person who's been like in a lot of stuff and sort of well-regarded is Britt Leach as Mr. Sims. Oh, the, the... Ira. Yeah, yeah. That's what, I mean, I'm, we're assuming his name is Ira. It actually doesn't say... His oh, name really? is Ira, He's but it's Ira's Toys is yeah. the name of the shop, so we call him Ira. Mr. Sims is how he's credited. I mean, Weird Science, Great Outdoors, um, Last Starfighter, those are... Um, and, uh, Scream Queen, I don't know how to pronounce her name correctly, but uh, Linnea Quigley, um, is, 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 this is one of her first appearances, and she would go on to be in, like, a ton of stuff. Um, I can't remember exact, like, yeah, she's in Return of the Living Dead, um she she's like uh in night of the demons she's in graduation day uh she was definitely like one of those perennial like 80s uh scream queens she's been in a ton of stuff when you go look like check her imdb out it's um i mean like a lot of her stuff obviously recently is a little more like straight straight to dvd kind of things um but there was a solid point there in the 80s where uh just a ton of those like kind of cult classic She's in Witchcraft, she's in Vice Academy, she's in um, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, so yeah, she's in a ton of stuff. Uh, and this was one of her first appearances, she's a babysitter that gets killed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, not Tony Nero plays Pamela, um, H.E.D. Redford as Captain Richards. Um, not, I mean, not people who went on to really do a lot, um, which is common for these, like, lower movies it's not like which is funny because when you think of night round elm street which was like underperforming this and you think of the stars in that film now yeah um well especially johnny depp like you're just like wow yeah even like halloween you know you get jamie lee curtis yeah wildly successful so i mean she kind of inherited that as well i mean her mother janet lee is her mother (laughs) the original scream queen in psycho wow yeah, so she like kind of inherit inherited that role. I mean, extremely talented that deserves des- it. Yeah. Deserves and, I mean, it. Like, to, literally, to me, she is the scream queen. Yeah, you got Halloween, you got Terror Train, you got Prom Night. Like she is the scream queen to for me. sure. Um, but yeah, and she and she's excellent. She's an excellent actress in general. Yeah. And um, sort of an aside, I just I follow her on Twitter, and she just posted like, oh, like my hair person like just took this it's such a beautiful day like I'm so thankful for like such a varied and amazing career I've had I'm uh waiting to film my last episode of New Girl right now and I was like yeah you know it's I love New Girl it's like a comedy tv show and she does have such an incredible varied career and just seems so thankful for it and so appreciative and coming back to Halloween no I was gonna say she's coming back to Halloween which just makes me so happy so Love Jamie Lee Curtis, like, yeah, so absolutely. much. Um, it is a holiday slasher, obviously. Like, if we were That's to classify it as, uh, the, a subgenre, uh, you know, we got... It's, uh, it, it would kind of neatly fall into teen slasher, too, I'd say. But uh, 
Definitely. Not enough yeah. focus on the teens. Right. It's, yeah. yeah. It's like a religious, it's got religious notes. Um, it's got the teen killing for sure, but. I think it's not enough focus about the actual teenagers no, it, themselves it, it, to be a teen scream. It leans on the holiday yeah. part. And, like, there are, there actually are some holiday, like, well, one, one. one holiday killing, yeah. which I always appreciate. Uh, our weapon is the axe, which is, like, pretty much fully mm. the weapon. Mm-mm. He uses it quite a bit, though. Yeah, for um, sure. Like, it, he, like, he has it the whole movie. He has it the whole movie. Right. Sometimes he uses other weapons, which makes... The yeah, kill's like, really I mean, cool. almost all killers. Yeah. Like, I, I, one of the only killers I feel like, not even Ghostface, like, he still even kills people without the knife. Yeah, kills with things. With the dog the, door. Like, the the dog, dog, the garage door. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then car, like, he's used a car. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's very hard to find that iconic killer that does. Michael. Michael. <laughs> Michael's the only one who only uses a knife. Face. I mean. Yeah, chainsaw. Yeah, very rare for him to not use the chainsaw. But, yeah, uh, the axe, which, you know, like. Uh, is heavily focused or, um, you know, prominent on the poster, it, it is heavily used in the movie, which I appreciate because um, I don't think every killer needs an iconic weapon. I think it's cool when they do. It annoys me when it's, like, it shows, like, when... Like, if this movie were to have him have the axe on the cover and then he used it, like, once or, like, it was, like, not in the movie at all, that would really bother me. Yeah, it's like urban legend. The iconic weapon, sure, is like the double axe, but it's only used in the one scene. Yeah, the um, unrealistic scene of yeah. using it in the front seat of the car. But in then the the car. it's okay because the kills are so much better. <laughs> um, we do have a theme killer this time. No mask, but he does wear the Santa suit the whole time. Yeah, not the beard, which we thought was kind of weird. The entire time he keeps the beard under and you just see his like little baby face. No, that's the weirdest part is he keeps the beard. Yeah, but on his yeah. face, it's under his Yeah, head. it's like, you know, when you like pull down because it's like the mustache and it like leaves room for your mouth and it the Santa works, beards. Though. Yeah, like it makes it his mask, but then he like pulls it down and he's just like clean-shaven, like, kid, and he's, like, doesn't even cover his face, which is so, so funny to us. We're like, why isn't he covering his face? He doesn't care. He's in a blood rage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, the backstory on this killer, um, Billy or Ricky? Billy. Ricky is his brother. Yeah, so, um, Billy, okay, the beginning of this movie is a trip, um, but, like, Billy is, he witnesses his parents murdered by a man dressed as Santa Claus. So he has this, like, aversion to Santa his whole life. And then he's he's in, like, this orphanage run by nuns with his brother as a, as a kid. And, you know, as we uh, just talked about, like, sex is very frowned upon. He catches a nun having sex. He gets, he gets literally beat for watching it. And then the nun tries to make him sit on Santa's lap. And he, like, basically... He's terrified, yeah. yeah he's terrified. They he punches make... the Santa in the face. Yeah. And then he's beat for that as well. And then we don't see him for ten years. Well, and there's this big debacle, which kind of helps explain, like, who the real enemy of this movie is. There's this whole fight between Mother Superior and the other nun, Margaret. Or, yeah. Yeah. About her saying he only gets bad behavior. He's a really good kid. His bad behavior stems from holiday. Mm-hmm. and like he literally just gets worse the closer it gets to Christmas. Yes. But obviously, it's, like, post-traumatic stress from seeing his parents get murdered in front of him by a Santa Claus. And she's, like, trying to say we need to be really gentle with him this time of, time of year. And Mother Superior is like, nah, fuck that. We're going to make this little asshole kid yeah, sit on Santa's yeah, sit on Santa's lap. And we're going to basically punish him until he behaves. Right. Where, like, the other nun was like, no, we should 
acknowledge the fact that he has an issue with Christmas and try and and the fact that that's ignored is literally what drives the rest of the plot forward right. of the so, movie. So he really kicks in the gear of murder when he he's forced to be the store Santa. So yeah, 18, he gets a job at a toy store during holiday season and it breaks out into the one of my favorite parts of the movie where it's literally like a uh, oh, it's a full-on 80s montage. 80s montage, like the s- songs playing, and he's like, S- everybody's super happy, and it's Christmas oh, time yeah. in a it's, toy store, and the they're most, like loading like, boxes. and Like all those movies now or cartoon shows now that make fun of 80s montages, like this is, this why. is that 80s yeah. montage. Like it's literally like, I mean, it's a Christmas movie. It's the one time in the movie where it's not like, it's like it's like the super upbeat music. It's like, and it's like, like and you're him just running seeing around, him relationship like, with He's like, like picking kids up so they can pick things off the top shelf and yeah. like you see the boss and he's like looking at yes like literally like Norway. putting his thumbs then, up yeah, and we're like this is like step by step or something yeah, you see his co-worker like he's working his ass off and you see his co-worker at a desk doing nothing and like giving him slack it's written like the girl that he likes and everything it like it really it very quickly sets up this toy shop for you in like three minutes because yeah. you learn all the characters you learn what they're in the a music montage weirdly effective yeah <laughs> Because you watch it, and you're like, this is hella dumb and goofy. But then you're like, oh, but I understand where they're trying to get me with all these characters. You know the dynamic. Yeah. And his relationship with all these characters because of this music montage. Yeah. That, like, at first you're, like, tonally, like, we all just started laughing. We're it, like, it, oh, it, my it, God, it this is no so weird. It, it would, like, it's something that would happen more in, like, your standard, like, summer camp 80s movie. Yeah, or like, even, like, a romantic comedy. Yeah. Like, this is what happens. Like, oh, this is like our midway section. Anytime a music montage, it's like meant to like make time pass. Right. And so it does that and it does it really well. And you you automatically forgive how weird it feels because Because at the end it does it what makes it sense. needed to. Yeah. And like I, you understand what his relationship is with the five characters that you're being introduced to. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I liked it. It's just, it's, it's really goofy. funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's forced to be the Santa and, um, you know, like he also, because of his upbringing, like he has a very rigid set of like kind of rules of what is naughty and what you need to be punished for, you know, cause he was just pun- like religious. Yeah, yeah. Because he was punished for watching sex and he was, uh, punished for like these things. And so like for him, like if you drink alcohol, you need to be punished and if you're having sex or if you're being sexual at all, you need to be punished. And so lo- very much like blood rage, but in a completely, uh, uh, more like in a more logical way. I was gonna say somehow more logical yeah um he gets very upset when he sees people like being sexual and things and that's or being naughty like a way that Santa would not put you like anything to put Santa on your like naughty list like you make that list like that's what he sees like you don't do that like you don't drink you don't pretty much he goes through the whole movie pretty much declaring people as naughty like naughty like he just like punish yeah punish he kind of turns into like a caveman uh but it's it is effective and it works and um that's what drives him ultimately is he ends up like catching his co-worker that he has a crush on um being sexual with another co-worker and that's what breaks him uh after well, like 18 years of yeah. repression pretty much being santa kind of breaks him like dressing right, yeah, up being as santa, santa like pushes him to the edge and then seeing that while he's yeah santa, sends him into his blood yes, rage sends him into his yeah silent night blood rage 
Um, cool. So his back, that's what's great. He's yeah. a themed killer. His motive makes sense. His backstory, like, makes sense. And I like that they give us that backstory. It, yeah. It starts the... It's one of those early slashers that we really get the such the successful formula where we start off with the action, we start off with the initial kills, and then we take a break and we give you some backstory before the 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 real killing starts. No, it, it does a good job because his parents are like viciously murdered in front of him. Yeah, like pretty graphic too. Like I forget how like uh, liberal they are with gratuitous nudity, nudity, and also like really heavily implied rape uh yeah. in the 80s um which happens to his mother and that happens in the first like 15 minutes of the movie and then it's probably another 25 minutes before we yeah. even get to him like starting to kill people so we're given that like break in between but it's it's necessary it's mm-hmm. like it's not like it's not like i'm watching going like why am i watching this like, no what is happening it wasn't like I mean, keep going back to Blood Rage. Like, Blood Rage has so many moments that I'm like, what point is this? <laughs> what, what is the plot moving? Am I learning something about someone? And no, like, shit's no, just this, happening. This is weird. It's <laughs> happening. But this, like, it, it, like, I'm not saying, you're not going to watch this and be, like, blown away by the acting or, like, whoa, this is a really, like, tightly written script. Like, it's, it's goofy. And it is, like, it is kind of, like, totally, it can be, like, totally all over the place. But, like, once it finds its footing... It is a super effective, really well done slasher movie. Like it's my favorite type of slasher movie, which is where I'm given the backstory on the killer, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's like not, it's not like wonky and like silly and like sometimes you ride that like Sleepaway Camp to me very much rides this line between being like really outrageous and like hardly believable and but like it works, mm-hmm. um, which is rare. That movie, yeah. yeah. And so like that's kind of what this does. Like it could be. This is really silly because, like, you know, he's literally Santa does this to him, but, like, it sets it up well. And, and like, I I really enjoy, like, the, the backstory and his Same. motive. Yeah. I think it works. I know people don't. And that, and like I said, like, I would have to look at the history, but from, like, my recollection, like, when we get movies like Black Christmas and we get Halloween, we know nothing. It's literally, especially Black Christmas. A guy. Oh, yeah, you're fed all that at the end of the movie. You're fed nothing. You know well, nothing. And Black Xmas, yeah. you get the backstory, which I like. Yeah. Black Christmas, you literally get nothing. You never know who he is, why he's doing it. He literally just goes in the house and is, like, really fucking weird and starts killing people. That's it. Yeah. Halloween, until you get to the sequels, you know nothing about my... You know... I, I mean, Halloween, you still get the setup, though. Like, I appreciate Halloween because I feel like it's almost similar to this in the sense of at least, like, you get that setup of, like, something is wrong with this kid. Like something yeah, you like, get your first... Yeah, you get that Halloween kill because you, you get him killing his sister. Yeah. Um, and it's all POV. It's very well done. Like, it's not like a backstory. I'm not learning what's wrong with Michael, but like from the get-go... You get you, more than Black Christmas. You get... Yeah, you, yeah. Like to me, in that movie, you get more than a lot of slashers. Like some... Uh, I feel like a lot of slashers, it's... Some, there's no backstory. Um, like, uh, and then some, it's like... Um, really contrived which i which almost i'd rather have no backstory than like, yeah don't shoehorn this in like i'd rather have nothing than you being like i'm just gonna bullshit some reason into this movie um so i think like that's why i like halloween so much but i i agree this does give you more than halloween does 
It does. I think it starts that trend, which we both like, which I know a lot of people are super against, and that's a big criticism of against speaking of Halloween. The re- Rob Zombie's versions are like, we know too much about Michael. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You already know so much about Michael. See, like, people saying me, that like the backstory ruins it, and knowing the motive makes them less scary. For me, no. In a slasher, slasher, and that I am the same in a supernatural movie. In a supernatural movie, I care less. Like, I'm like, I don't really care about why this ghost is here. Show me scary things. Make it creepy. Like, I like you can give me a little bit of backstory, but, like, I don't need to know. Like, that's what almost ruined that movie Lights Out for me was the backstory. Like, that weird backstory about, like, she had this weird aversion to sunlight, and they did these experiments on her, and then, like, that's why she's afraid of lights. I'm like, I don't care. Just show me the cool lights. Oh, scenes. I like forgot about that already. Yeah, I'm like, just show me the cool scenes where she's only showing up when lights are off. Like that's what yeah, I care cool. about. Um, and slashers is the opposite. I think it's creepier the more I know. Because, like, like I don't need to like their whole life story, but like I think when I know that backstory, like that's what makes Freddy creepy. That's what makes Jason creepy. That's what makes Ghostface like work like uh, especially like. Big. I don't. I don't want Ghostface to just be killing people and then be like. It's. I don't want a stranger's ending where it's like because I could. I think like, that's why Stranger is that. creepy. But if it was in every slasher movie, I'd be like dumb. Like Strangers does it effectively. Like the way they set that movie up, it's two people. They're alone in a house out in the middle of the woods. When I'm getting movies like this, like when I'm getting there's certain scenarios, mass killings, yeah, like la- mass slashing, like slasher films, like it doesn't I make mean, sense. I mean, sure, I suppose some people do it, but it's not as effective and entertaining or scary on a film level to be like, I just murdered twelve people because I can. Yeah, like, like screw I mean, that. That's why, like, I think Freddy would be so much worse if I didn't have a backstory. Like Freddy's so much more interesting because I know. Those parents murdered him because they were judge, jury, executioner on their own. And mm-hmm. so now he's coming back, and that's his motive. And, like, yeah. Jason even, like, was ignored by camp counselors, and he died because of it. And, like, that's why that's he's, why he's coming, coming back. back. So, like, I like knowing his back. Oh, if, yeah. If Jason was just, like, oh, I'm this, like, killer, like, supernatural killer who, like, lives yeah. at, no. I mean, I'd, screw it's that. one of my, it's not even my favorite slasher franchise to begin with, but if it was just big lumbering dude in woods no like it wouldn't work and also all those movies that you said as a trope now wouldn't work yeah it's because of that established backstory with jason that we can have that so yeah no i think it does it makes him more effective because we understand his relation we understand what happened to him and then we understand what is leading him to kill not just because of his story but because of the way he was treated at the orphanage and like as goofy as this movie can be it makes it less wacky and like less like if it makes it more grounded if some dude just snapped and started killing people at sand i'd be like this is ridiculous like this is really silly um but like i understand it it's not like it's not super like real i guess like i i don't believe a whole lot of people are going to be sent over the edge because of santa and dress up as him and start murdering people but like i can at least be like i understand what's the the motive there's a psychosis yeah, yeah exactly yeah so it does a good job at that um we get 13 kills in this movie 12 12 um which i think is the most now most nine is our is our previous urban record. legend and um Urban Legend Blood Rage are both at nine. Oh, Most okay. likely to die was like seven. Gotcha. So it is the most. Um, I mean, a couple are from the Santa that murders his parents. Yeah. So the beginning, we get the Santa that kills the gas station attendant, like with a gun, brutally. Yeah, shoots him right in the head. Yeah. 
um, shoots him twice and then shoots him right in the head and like we see the bullet in his forehead. It's like pretty graphic. Yeah. Pretty graphic. And then we see like the dad dies from the car accident. No, he shoots him when he's getting out. Of the oh car. yeah, yeah. So and so he topples his dad, over. Yeah, and, and then he pulls, drags his mom out of the car, rips her shirt off. Yeah. Tries to tries to rape her. I mean, like just to be blunt about yeah. it, like fondles her, and she's not having it, so he slits her throat. Oh, excuse uh, Timothy Riggins, the dog. Sorry, he started barking. Um, but yeah, so we get like, and that's all within like 15 minutes of the opening. So some pretty, that kind of sets the tone of where this movie's going to be. And, uh, also I think leads into, it does a good job at like helping build that backstory again, because these are all gruesome deaths that happen. Um, and then it's, it's a solid, like, like we said about 20 minutes before we really get into him starting to kill people. His first kill which is not my favorite kill, but I love it because his first kill is a Christmas-themed kill. Um, he murders someone by hang, grabbing Christmas lights and strangling them to death with that. So that's like the the coworker. It's this, yeah. It's this like shitty coworker yeah, who like is like like <laughs> he's like that guy. It's like you know, uh, what's uh, Billy uh, all the time is like you know just working and doing his job and he's like don't talk back to me and he never did but like, yeah. he's like that shitty guy and then he also like also this guy is trying to rape, rape Pamela the, yeah Pamela yeah. who is the other co-worker because this toy store has like nine employees um, the other co-worker at the Christmas party he's trying to rape her and Billy or uh, yeah Billy sees it and kills the guy yeah uh, and then Pamela, though, freaks the fuck out that Billy killed him, and she's like, you monster, even though he just saved her from being raped. Yeah. I know. It was, like, kind of... I mean, I've never... Yeah, I've I've never... never, seen someone murdered in me. I'm Uh, pretty sure I'd be like, you're terrifying. Get the hell away from me. But I'd also... It'd be a difficult thing, because I'd be like, well, maybe you were just trying to save me. Yeah. Um, And then... So, because she freaks... Because she freaks out, and also he's, like, upset with her for, like, making out with him... Um, he kills her, um, cuts up her stomach. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which was pretty good. Yeah. And, um, this one, there's only one kill in this one, which is the next one. It's, I, so the toy, uh, uh, yeah, the toy shop owner is coming in the back to, like, he hears He's noise. super drunk. He's hammered. It's so it's funny. Like a, it's a really over-the-top drunk. Yeah. He's so drunk, apparently, that he thinks he's hallucinating the Jingle Bells. Yeah. Because Billy is trying to be sneaky, but he's wearing Jingle Bells, so he can't really... It was so great. Yeah, it's so good because, like, it shows Billy, like, walking, you know, like, that classic shot of, like, his feet. and like, yeah, you like see really him. slow. Yeah, but it's, like... slow, and the room is dark, and Ira's back there. Hello, hello, is anyone back here? Jingle, jingle. Yeah, but Jingle, like, jingle. Exactly. And he's like, man, I'm so... He literally says, I'm so drunk, I'm hearing Jingle Bells. And it's like, okay, well... And then uh, Billy uh, takes the claws of the hammer and hits him in the head. It's the only kill, really, that we don't get. We don't see. You need to watch the uncut one, too, because there will be a couple you miss, if you don't. Um, but we don't see it. But the shot of the hammer in the head is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, a very well done. Um, like, the effects, the, the kill effects on this were really good. Yeah. Uh, the next kill was the other, kind of, like, the assistant manager is an older woman. Um, and she realizes she's the last one at the Christmas party and she realizes that everyone is dead. Yeah. Um, and Billy shoots her through the chest. As she's like trying to leave. Toy bow and arrow. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, what toy is that? But yeah, 
I guess safety standards in the 80s were, like, nowhere near what they are now, especially the early I don't know. 80s. Ben's sister got, like, a bow and arrow for Christmas one year, and it was, like, legit. Like, it wasn't from a toy store, right. but it was, like, legit. Can and I was you imagine like, that in a toy store, though? Like, kid, like kids running around. Kids play with shit in toy stores, like, just running around. I don't know. Hunger Games, you know, brought out a lot of people wanting. That's yeah, why she wanted it. And, and she yeah. got a bow and arrow, and I'm like, you're, like, 10. Like, this is a little scary. Like, put that away. Um. Also, this was leads up to my favorite shot in the movie, uh, which is... the So, at this point, the nun becomes aware, not sis, the Sister Superior, but Margaret, becomes aware that Billy is on this rampage. So, the police have called her and, like, hey, this guy's running around dressed as Santa, killing people. We were pretty sure it's Billy. And she's like, oh, my God, it probably is. Like, I know this stuff. So, she yeah. goes to the toy store to try to confront him, and she finds everyone dead. And the best part, though, is, like, they do this shot where it's, like, this high-pitched like violin squeal pretty much and it sounds like a scream and all these nutcrackers it's just like this camera shot of all these nutcrackers with their mouths wide open open. so it looks like the nutcrackers are screaming and it's really fucking terrifying and it was it was like my favorite shot in the movie like it was i thought it was very like effective and there's not a lot of shots like that in this movie but it was like that's really creepy imagery yeah I think, like... It was really well done. Yeah, it was... Like, that, That for me, was, like... I would. I had already liked the movie up to that point, but that, for me, was where I was like, this is a good horror movie. Yeah, so it's those little things that help solidify it from being this, like, campy slasher. You're like, oh, it's kind of so bad it's good, to being like, no, this is actually genuinely good. Like, there are so many moments where you're like... And for whatever reason, I mean, Silent Night's super dark, darker than this one. And for whatever reason, and I think just because of the imagery from this film I've been exposed to so much, I was expecting it to be way more over the top than it was. And at this point, now that he started killing, because before I was like, all right, this is really dark. Like, the opening scene is twisted. And you're just like, wow, okay. And then he's, when he's getting punished in the orphanage, and then you see him and you have sort of that lighthearted montage to try and bring you out, which is a, you know, a trend in, you know, newer slashers where you like really lend on those comedic moments mm-hmm. to take you away from the the darkness. Yeah. So you're not just like so depressed and dark the whole time, which is part of the reasons why I love slashers because you do get that balance. And right. I think this was like the beginning of trying to find that balance between the lighthearted and the really dark because it is. And then... It's heavy. It's the first really heavy. It's really heavy. Like it's it's funny because we're in 2017 and like it's an 80s movie and obviously there's going to be things that you're just like this is goofy. That guy's ass is really hairy. Like, yeah. You know, things like that. But like it's heavy. Like you know his mom is pretty much raped in front of him. He's getting beaten for basically not knowing how to deal with the repercussions yeah, of that. Yeah, his um, little brother's an infant, like, crying in the middle of the road. And yeah. it's Santa. Like, yeah. as much as the controversy of this film was, and, like, we're adults and Ryan and I don't believe in Santa, <laughs> but it's still, like, kind of a rough thing oh, to yeah, see. Absolutely. More so not Billy, but the, like, robber, like, the Santa in the oh, beginning. Yeah, the, yeah. It's like, oh, God. Like, that's kind of hard to watch. Yeah. And... I think I was just surprised at this point once Billy starts killing. And then we kind of get into when the babysitter scene comes in. We kind of get into like the more fun slasher type kills that I I was expecting. That's when it it shifts. That's when it rolls into like a slasher. Yeah. Like a more like conventional slasher. But at this point, like right when the bow and arrow kill comes, I looked and I'm like, this is a legitimate slasher. This isn't like 
kill them all. Let's like be as like over the top as we can. I was like, this is heavy and this is not what I was expecting. And it's good. Yeah, it's really it's good. really good. Yeah, boy. and I think that's what surprised me the most at that point. And then. It could have stayed that tone. I think I still would have liked it. But then we get into the uh, the next kills and, like, we get to his sort of random kills, yeah. which are... He kind of, like, starts rampaging pretty yeah. much because he's just set off now. So he's running around punishing people. So he's literally just finding people in town that he can punish. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I mean, he happens across a... This babysitter opens the door to, to let her cat in or the, let the, the house Shirt, cat in. Shirtless. Yeah, she's topless. So Billy comes in and he fucking takes her and in the house they have some uh uh yeah taxidermy and he literally just stabs her picks her up picks her up and stabs her through the horns of a giant stag which i loved it was super cool like i thought it worked really well there's a cool silhouette shot of it happening Mm -hmm. but also in the uncut version you get a little more of the actual kill happening that's linnea quigley um that happens that happens with um and then her boyfriend is thrown through the window. Like, he tries to save her. I also really like this, too, because, I mean, ignoring the fact that she opens the door, topless. like, topless in, like, snowy December. Yeah. And she's, like, telling the kid she's babysitting, like, she's having sex on a pool table and telling the kid she's babysitting, they're like, go back upstairs. Santa will catch yeah, you. Yeah, she's like, like going to catch you. Yeah. Like, disregarding that, I love the fact that the boyfriend's, like, down in the basement and is, like, trying to, like, what's going on? He comes up and then tries to, like, help her and, like, help the situation and gives a little... I love when you have the semi-realities where, yes. like, reactions yeah. seem appropriate. Right. And he is, and then he gets thrown through a window, which and is like, awesome. And, like, even that kill, which can be a boring kill, like, through the window, no, it does a really good job of showing up, like, he has a giant shard of glass yeah. in his, like, torso and his head. Yeah. Um, like, he, and very, again, really good kill effects, like, um, but very, even that kill is very graphic because of how they show him land and they show, like, these huge, like, shards of glass like, in the window glass. Large, yeah. Yeah, uh, shards of glass. And then, like, the little girl comes downstairs and catches Billy. He's like, he's got the axe behind his back. He's like, have you been naughty? And I was like, holy shit, is he going to murder a kid? Yeah. She's like, no, I promise. I've been really good. And he gives her... her uh, like a, a bloody uh, pocket knife. Yeah, he gives her yeah. a bloody pocket knife. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one that I think he stabbed Pamela with yeah. in the shop. And she's like, thanks, Santa. And he sleeps. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like we said, that's this is when we kind of get a random, like, happenstance kills. Like, um... He comes across these, like, douchebag sweaters. He comes across, it's, like, 11 o'clock at night, and these kids are getting bullied in the middle of the woods. Yeah. They're, like, sledding, and then these bullies show up, and they're like, we're kids, that's our sled now! And then he shows up. It's kind of, like, it's weird because he becomes almost, like, this, like, vigilante. Yeah. Like, punishing everyone who's an asshole, or who, I guess, is having sex. Um, But, yeah, we get a pretty solid kill because... I and like this was another one that I kind of love this kill because he this he chopped this guy's this guy's like meet me at the bottom he's like uh, okay and so his friend runs down and then Billy just chops his fucking head off with an axe and the next shot we get is the sled coming down the body yeah. on the sled coming down and then the head rolling down and the head it. so the body being decapitated coming down that's part of the original cut yeah and then the head rolling is one of our uncut scenes and yep. it's so good yeah it's it's really solid yeah um and then this is when we head into the kind of like climax of the movie and um i thought like 
Sometimes it amps up. I thought this one slowed down a lot in the climax. It did. So we then we sort of go back to the orphanage and we have like the nun who's like you we have this sort of it kept reminding me of Halloween with um Loomis mm. where he's like working with the cop and trying so this instead of Loomis we have the nun who's like working with the the head cop to right. try and like stop cuz she knows it literally is like the same situation. Yeah. So she knows like it's Billy and that he's like sent into this like craziness and she's trying to get the cop to help her he's like the sheriff or something so they like drive to the orphanage he sends one of his deputy like the whole time yeah, they they're alert tr- they're like we gotta kill her yeah on the loose so um his little brother is at the orphanage his little brother's now like eight um so he's not just like a child anymore he's like kind of coming into adolescence he's like, like 14 yeah is he? Oh, yeah okay, yeah because they're yeah. only like four years apart and so then um like the cop shows up, and there's a Santa there, and he thinks it's him. So he's like, put your hands down. And Santa's like, I don't know who you are. And he, so he murders a guy. He just It's him. a father. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a religious. It's, it's, it's a father of, somebody. Yeah, it's one of the priests dressed as Santa. So the cop accidentally murders him. Yeah, so that's another one of our kills. Um, but then we do find out that Billy is actually at the orphanage, and he kills the cop with the axe. Um, and then the movie ends with Billy comes in to kill Mother Superior pretty yeah. much. Um and like he's going to punish her he's coming back for kind of his retribution and the they kill they kill billy they shoot him the um, sheriff the sheriff who does. like comes in with the margaret the right the um, nun. but then it, it ends kind of like kind of well because like i did like the whole movie i kind of thought it's like weird because his brother's brought up enough to the point where you think he's going to be significant and then he's not he's really. not you don't see him at all he's there's no reference to all. him and like especially after billy turns like 18 it's older like he's barely in the movie but then at the very end of the movie um does he pick up the axe or does he have the gun i really can't remember i now. think it's a gun he has the gun and he like points it at the officer and he's like naughty and that's how yeah. the movie ends so it kind of like comes full circle yeah like and you like you also kind of are thinking like billy's the one who's fucked up not ricky because like billy's the one who saw the shit happen like ricky yeah. was an infant like literally an infant like a baby yeah and like you know like he doesn't have these problems during the holiday and like he's also at the orphanage still and he's celebrating christmas normally and then it ends with that and it's like it makes me want to see the second one because I'm pretty sure it's about him. Uh, the second one is the brother then yeah, doing yeah. the killing. So I, that's yeah. I want to see it to see how they play that off. I'm interested in it, but like, it, it's it's a lackluster ending. You're so. right that it drops off, and I think it does that too because all of us are just so at that point. Like we know the real villain of this. I mean, Billy's the real villain, but the creator of Billy is Mother Superior. Right, like she's the one who who's sort of opposite of nurtured, but did nurture this sort of, like, suppressing, don't acknowledge anything, like, you're just going to get over it, which obviously he didn't. Right. And sent in this whole idea of, like, punishing. You want to see her die. Yeah, you do. So I'm a little... I was she was dead. I think all all of us were. We all watched... I mean, per usual, we watched it in a group with a group of people, Mm -hmm. and we were excited for Billy to come in and kill her. And then he could have got shot. I think the movie, the climax of the movie, would have been that much more powerful if he would have... I mean, sure, he would have killed Mother Superior in front of, like, an orphanage of kids, which... Yeah, that would have been great, actually. But but I really really wanted that to happen. I wanted her, like, I think our friend Derek, who watched it with us, like, made a comment, like, oh, yeah, 
he needs to like chop off her head and then her wheelchair can like roll away. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah. no, We're missing she, that kill. Yeah. I, I know. I agree. And like, because the third act, like it, this movie very much like, um, it's like, it has peaks and valleys and like it peaks at the beginning and then it kind of plateaus and valleys like while you're learning about him and then it peaks again. And then it like, to me, the biggest dip is at the end. Like the third act really like peters out. It's short. It's a short third act. It's though. super short. So it's, like it's the movie short. Yeah. The yeah, movie's super short. Yeah, it, I mean, it, like, but it spends so much time developing the 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 main character, and like, I enjoy that, and I like, I wouldn't want that to change. It just, I think, killing Mother Superior would have been a better way to like end, like, to climax the movie um, than than how it ended with him, like, oh, he he was shot and killed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I agree. Like that, like that's the weakest part of the movie to me is the ending, but it doesn't ruin the movie for me. I I ultimately walked away from the movie really enjoying it. What's uh, your favorite kill? Uh, my favorite kill is, is the, the antler antlers. Kill. Yeah, I love the antler yeah. kill. I just thought it was so cool. Like he he like he lifts her up and like like I said, they have the really cool shot of like it's his shadow and her shadow against the wall of yeah. the house and like it's like one of those classic like old ass seventies houses that has all that wooden paneling and like. You just have those antlers, and they're, like, piercing through it. And they don't pierce. It's not like they stab through her immediately. Like, her skin stretches with them. And, like, it was really good. All of the kills in this movie are excellent. Yeah. They're no. really... And, like, mm-hmm. I love what you said before because I didn't really think about that. Even the kills that are typically more boring all have weight to them, and they find a way to make them interesting. Even, like, normally guns aren't in slashers, and if they are, that's just such a cop-out. But the sh- shots that are with guns make sense. Other than the one of him getting killed, like uh, him himself getting killed, yeah, yeah like the big the, the, the shots in the beginning, and the shop owner, yeah, like, very graphic, violent. Like nowadays would be considered yeah. graphically violent kills. Yeah, so. so they're all really good. I love the antler one, but I'm just to add another one. I'll have to go with like the decapitated sledder. It's, that would be my second. I love the fact that he comes down the sled like. Without a head. Yeah, it's hard not to love, like, a playful kill like that. And, like, it's such a weird thing to say, playful kill. But, um, (laughs) like, I mean, it's true. Like, that's one of the reasons I love, like, the slashers I love the most are definitely the ones that, like, have those kind of, like, playful kills, too. Um, So, it, it, that would be my follow-up for sure. Uh, I think it's a good movie. I think it's important. I think it should be recognized more, and I think Mm -hmm. it will after this year. I think it gained a lot of steam. It has, especially with the the 4K, like, Blu-ray, which is so good. I think it's going to get in the hands of a lot more people. Um, And it is really good. It's excellent. And I do hope that it gets more of a reputation for being more of a serious film, because like I said, I went in expecting very campy, Mm -hmm. and that's not what this is. I think it says a lot of the time it's mentioned in the same, like, breath as a lot of campy slasher movies. Like Sleepaway Camp and like yeah, stuff like and, that. Yeah, and like, I mean, Sleepaway Camp has its place too, but I do think this is a much more serious movie. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, it's in the upper echelon of like horror holiday movies. Oh, yes. Like, it's way up there for it me. Is. Like, it is. It quickly jumped, like, I mean, immediately after it was over, I thought to myself, and even like my wife and our friends who watched it, Derek and Gina, like, Everyone was like, that was actually a good movie. It was really that good. Was good. Yeah. Like, everyone was like, we laughed and we joked the whole movie, but at the end we were like, that was a good ass movie. Yeah. Like, it was really cool. Like, we wanted to watch this, but we didn't get around to it, but like, we we did. We're like, let's watch special features, but it was yeah. already like midnight and they were like, 
an hour long. So yeah. we're like, no, we're going to bed because we're old. But no, it, it was it was cool because like we definitely walked away. Like everyone walked away from that going like that was a cool movie. That was like a really good movie. Yeah, glad we, watched we all it, really so. liked it, and that's. I mean, that's hard to do with a group of people in general, um, where some people, especially, like, with slashers, some people are going to have a hard time, like, getting over, like, the silliness of it or, like, when there are moments like that. Um, but this one, I mean, that was no issue. Yeah. And it was I, – I loved it. And I wasn't – part of that, like I said, wasn't expecting to, but I did. And, like, now I'm just, like – Oh, when I think of my holiday movies like this, I can't wait to watch it again already. Oh yeah, no, like I've already like actively started promoting it. Like yeah. people like oh I'll watch man. it, like like especially horror fans. Like, yeah, because we all talk about it. Oh, I watched Gremlins the other night. It's like, dude, have you seen Silent Night? And I'm telling you, you have to watch like, it. Go buy it. Screen Factory's release. It's beautiful. It's only this much money. You know, like it's twenty yeah. bucks, and like it's. I was stoked that I bought this. Like, yeah. Like, B and I literally went out and bought it the day the night. The day we watched, we watched it. it, yeah. And, and I was afterwards. I was like, "What a great purchase!" Because yeah. I'm. I really want to own this now, and I'm glad I do. Well, especially because it is one that you rewatch, and like you were saying with Black Xmas, that is something we want to watch all the time. If you don't own it and it's not streaming, even if it is streaming, that's not guaranteed for very long. Right. Exactly. Especially with the like changing landscape of streaming right that's now. So. Nothing stays on Netflix for more than a month anymore. No. Um, where would you rank it? Um, I know where I feel it should go. Uh, where do you want? I'll hear from you first. I think I spoke last week first. Um, let's see. I'm looking at it. That was I, our, what was? This is our fourth. So, yeah. So, so, so far, our list is. We've been in uh, order. Yeah. Urban Legends, number one. Most Likely to Die is number two. Blood Rage is number three. The big uh, controversy. Yeah. Blood Rage at number three was a big controversy. It, it actually was. People were like, what? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I was expecting it to be number one. Yeah, we're like, yeah, no. 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 Um, I would rank this number one. Really? Yeah. I would put it over Urban Legend. So I was feeling two. My only reasoning for putting Urban Legend first is the use of the kills, like the themed kills. Mm-hmm. When we're thinking about like best slashers and like using the slasher formulas and using what the story is about we only get the light the kills are all great i love them all and like maybe the sledding and the toy ones you can sit or the arrow one you can say are kind of themed but both of us were like oh man we were kind of hoping for like more christmas themed kills more santa themed kills that would be my only reason i could be argued against it but i think as like this is what we're judging it on and all the things we've talked about. Urban Legend uses its device of its story a lot better than this one does. Right. Besides the fact that he's Santa and like the toy store, we really have it. That's it. Hmm. I argue, do agree with you. I argue do, me I, I, no, and I'll put I, it out one. I, I, I do agree with you. I, like that. That's very true. It's hard because, like, I want to look at it, like, I, uh, I'm, like, future thinking, too, because obviously, like, we're going to run into movies that are no theme killings. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've had one already, Blood Rage wasn't, like, theme killings at all. But, no. like, it still took place on a holiday, and there's, like, that overall vibe, and we watched it because it was a Thanksgiving slasher, technically. Um, let's see. I'm, like, kind of breaking it down, like, piece by piece. Like, I think... I think both the kills are really good, but you're right. Like, the kills are a little more inventive in Urban Legends because they play into that Urban Legend theme. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the score was insignificant either to me. Yeah. Um, the, I think the killer is cooler in this. Correct. But I definitely care more about the people being killed in Urban Legend. Yes. I, okay, yeah, number two. Number two is okay with me, and I, one, I agree with your kills, but two, I think the supporting cast in Urban Legend is stronger. Oh, yeah. And I think that's something you just see newer movies do, because it wasn't a huge, like, thing in the 80s, like, to like care about well, the your casting. killer was your main character whereas like i feel like after freddy even even michael's not your main character like you know like but yeah think about it in halloween you want that's that's an interesting you... though thing though to think about like in this movie and in blood rage compared to urban legend most likely to die the killer's the main character mm-hmm and, it's and about those, the killer. Your final girl is your main character. Yeah, which is a, a strange kind of like thing to look at. Um, but yeah, there's I, no final girl in this film. That's no, there's not. not. A thing. There's no final girl. Uh, it's I not mean, about that. No, it's, it's about the killer. Yeah, yeah, but I do think that because and I won't lie here. Little personal bias. Joshua Jackson and Michael <laughs> Rosenbaum are the supporting cast in Urban Legend. So good. And I love them so much. And I think they, and Jared Leto even, who I don't love as a person, but I think he's really good in that film. Um, yeah, I think Urban Legend will take it. Because, like, when I start waving it, it's like, okay, soundtrack, neither mattered. I think The Killer's better in this, in Silent Night, Deadly Night. I think The Kills have a very slight edge in Urban Legend. Yeah. But I think the ancillary characters are more intriguing, so I care more when they die in Urban Legend. Whereas this, I'm just like, yeah, kill them, woo! But which like you Urban can Legend, have. Yeah, which is Like, fine. there's those two, like, and so, Jason, you don't care about no, them yeah. surviving. But in Halloween, you do. Like, right, exactly. when you look at, in uh, Scream, you care about, you're not ever rooting for Ghostface. Right, and, like, that's why this is, you know, B and I have said this, that's why this is our list. Like, yes, yeah. we're looking at, like, we have certain parameters, but it's also how we personally feel. And I know for you and me both, like, when you look at our favorite horror movies or slasher movies compared to we care about we our love, final girls. we care about our final girls and we care about our ancillary characters. Like, I love Dewey and I even love, mm-hmm. like, in Scream, I love Tatum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I like I really enjoy those characters. So when they die, it hurts a little bit more. Yeah. Um, like, even in, like, Urban Legend, I can't remember his name, but, like, when Michael Rosemont character dies. Oh, it hurts. Like, oh, man, that sucks. I love that character. Yeah. Um, even Joshua Jackson's character in that movie, I'm like, oh, man, that was like, he was a fun character, so. Do you want to see them on screen, so when they leave, you're like, no! Yeah, like, exactly. God, that sucks. So, yeah, I'll I'll put it neatly in at number two. Yeah. I think it is significantly better than most likely to die, though. Oh. Just so anyone listening who yes. looks at the list knows, I would put it very narrowly at two, but like, way above the number three. Yeah, like, if we are at 100 films, like, most likely to die in Blood Rage, it can be real, real far down there. Yeah, and Urban Legend and, and Silent Night, Deadly Night will be, like, way more towards the top. Yes, because those both of those films are excellent. And, and like Ryan said, this is our list yeah. of what we think are the best slashers. Not yeah. even just our favorite, right. but based on what we're analyzing. We're analyzing the... Direction, the kills, the killer itself, the music, the, the music, supporting cast, yeah. uh, the, how the kills are executed, the, the effects. The st- it, does the storyline, does the backstory of the kills make sense to us? Like, do we find that that's what we're basing these on? Like, sure, some of them are going to be better shot or done this or done right. that, but that's what we're basing it on. This is what we're saying it's the best. And like I said, Brian and I are going to disagree. And that's why like you put at one i put number two argue me and i'll you know yeah. we'll decide right or something like this where i recognize like oh yeah like 
when I think about it, it's like, especially, you know, it's hard, like, for me, especially when I get hype on a movie, like, I, a lot of times I try to, I'm like, let me sit on it for a week and see how much I actually liked it. Because walking out of a theater or, like, just watching something, I'm like, that was amazing. Like, it's yeah. so much better than all these. And then I sit on it for a week and I'm like, well, I'd put it back here, actually. Um, Which so, is like, why we try and record. Most of the time we watch one week, we record the next week. Yep. So we have time to watch it, digest it, do our research, and really think about, like, how we feel about it. Maybe even rewatch it or yeah. go back and do some kills. Yeah, so... Number two, this will be then. Um, our next one is Terror Train. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, which we also got the Screen Factory release for. So yeah, excited to watch it. I'm very excited. It will be our first Jamie Lee Curtis one. And, yeah. Um, I've never seen it either. Yeah. So When we keep, we're doing, I feel like people are going to be like, I can't believe you guys are talking about slasher movies. You've never seen any of these movies. That's one that's not true. We've seen Urban Legend a lot. Yeah, that's true. And, and we, we both are most likely to die. Yeah. Um, we're just we're be- trying to keep it like, um, balanced like I like for every you know two or three I've seen I also want to see I want to use this podcast as a way to see stuff that I have blind spots to yeah um, one day we'll get around to Giallo which I have a huge blind spot for yeah. so like I'm excited for that um, and you know like Terror Train is just one that always like slipped under the radar for me and it's been on streaming forever and I like well I mean I think it actually it's been back and forth on streaming but it's they on just Amazon, put it up on yeah. Amazon and I decided not to watch it because I knew we were going to do it for the podcast and I wanted Same. to get the blue so and um, that's the thing. We're, yeah. like I said earlier, like, we love that, you know, people have given us suggestions, but we're kind of in the holiday. So, like, Terra Train's a New Year's Eve one, and we're going to keep hitting those holidays. And, of course, when Halloween and Christmas comes, we're, we have a few more things to watch, and we'll keep finding those. But the rest of the holidays, once we hit New Year's, once we hit, you know, February and April Fool's and, like, those types of movies, like, we're done. Like, there's not that many movies oh, for, yeah. like, the we're rest of the holidays. Like, yeah, once. We, and we are trying to do things that are old old and new so it's not just like we're only talking about things that were made in the 2000s or we're only talking about things that were made in the 80s we do want to like switch it up yeah after terror train we're going to do happy death day which at that point will be brand new to mm-hmm. um, home release at least yeah um so yeah we're definitely going to try to, to like bounce all around and um you know that's part of the fun for us too is like mm-hmm. we have i will say like as children of the 90s like a lot of the stuff we've seen is very contemporary mm-hmm. uh, like we did we don't up. have a lot of blind spots in the 2000s no yeah you get me to the 90s and 2000s and seen i'm it like all. yeah i more than we want one of the to. only ones i hadn't seen was cherry falls which i forgot to bring up i watched last week <gasps> um i finally watched it yeah um so like yeah there's a bunch of stuff out there like that um we I, have seen. I can't wait to talk about Cry Wolf. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Cry Wolf's a big one for us, too, actually. We're both kind of fans of that one, too. So it'll be exciting. And um, But reach out to us at ScreamingCast on Twitter. We'd love to talk to you guys or um, at BeNotB or at Ryan Larson. You can find me um, in the Shockwaves Horror Movie Club uh, Facebook page as well um, or the Ghastly Grinning uh, Facebook page or the website. I'm available through all those avenues. Uh, but definitely reach out to us at Screaming Cast because we've loved communicating with you guys about uh, about what movies that you disagree or agree with us on. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, other than that, yeah, just rate, review, subscribe if you can. We appreciate it. And uh, B will get our computer situation fixed at some point, so we'll have those posters coming back to you. Um, and then that's something we can talk about a little more and rely on or uh, focus on a little more too. Uh, but until then, we'll be back in two weeks with Jimmy Lee Curtis in Terror Train. Goodbye.